It's time for another episode of Corner of the Galaxy from the Box, the show that gets you behind the scenes of the LA Galaxy and into the minds of soccer reporters and MLS experts. Your hosts for the day are Corner of the Galaxy's Josh Gessman and LA Times soccer reporter Kevin Baxter. Let's start the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Corner of the Galaxy from the Box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Gessman, coming in to you on a Monday, September 18th. LA Galaxy, 4-2 losers in El Trafico over the weekend. Uh, disgusting little game, especially there at the end. We're going to talk about that and how the LA Galaxy had a point and then threw it all away. Uh, so we'll discuss that as we get you ready for Minnesota in the game that actually really matters this week. Uh, I told you before the El Trafico was probably the least exciting or at least expected or the least juiced El Trafico going into it because the game really didn't matter as much as everybody wanted it to. Now we're talking about games that matter all the way down the stretch and it's going to be for the rest of the season. So a lot to get to, a lot to talk about. We're glad to have him back with us. It's Kevin the Panda Baxter. Kev, how you doing, bud? All right, how are you? You know what? I am uh, I am surviving. Surviving COVID negative. I made it. I told you I was going to dodge it. I dodged it. Little left, little right. If you could dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. So no problems there. Uh, I, I survived. How about you? Doing okay? Yeah, I, I'm wearing the suit and tie today because, um, as you know, we we won the award for greatest podcast in the world, in the world of soccer. Ever. 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 Yeah. Ever. As you know. Um, and I just thought, you know, it's time for us to get a little classy. I mean, you're there doing the pod in your pajamas, and I decided that I would. I got the prize here. You know, here it is. There, oh, there we go. We that's there awesome. it is. And, and I just, I'd really like to thank the academy, of course, the studios, uh, my parents, and my loving wife, Mrs. Panda, for right. uh, all the little people for yeah. all the support that they've given us over the years. And and we couldn't have done it without them. I'd like to thank all the little people for making this award necessary. If you didn't know, and if you didn't have Twitter, you're on social media, but in some sort of, and I don't mean this to to, to denigrate the, the, the magnitude of what was done for, for all the people who voted for us and all that stuff, but randomly... Um, someone decided to put together a like you know best of MLS Twitter communities types awards, and they were like the best ML the best team based podcast, and then they had everybody nominate people, um, and you guys were awesome, and you nominated us, and then they took the top four, um, and we we won on the nomination side in terms of we got, I think we got the most nominations, and then we cleaned up the floor with uh, with everything mostly because, and I will be very clear about this, um, one. The LA Galaxy Twitter family always shows up whenever I ask nicely. Uh, so that's nice. And two is I've been doing this for 15 years and 11,000 Twitter followers and 1,100 shows and all this stuff. Almost 1,100 shows. We're about 40 shows away. Um, you know, 1,100 shows. That's that's I mean, this was a popularity contest, but more it was about uh, like who, who could drive the most people to the polls. Um, and the good thing is I have some 
some awesome, awesome friends. Uh, Sophie, uh, co-host, was was out there uh, trying to rile up some votes. By the way, she told me, she texted me, uh, and she's she's traveling out of the country. Uh, we're going to have her back on whenever she gets back. Much love to Sophie. She's, uh, she's over in Greece um, with her family. Um, so she's doing that. And so she came, she texted me from Greece, and she was like, hey, she goes, did we win yet? And I go, no. And she goes, I got some people to vote. One of them just happens to be Miley Cyrus's uh, uh, percussionist. So we had that going for us. All right. So we were we were already like well on our way whenever Miley Cyrus hopped on board. there. not actually her, but somebody, well, you know, in her band. I don't know if it's so much a popularity contest is it's a beauty contest. And since I'm on there with you, that's we should have lost why, why we won. We should have yeah. lost. Yes. But um, I believe if you check the small print of my contract that um, I there is a writer in there, which doubles my pay if we win an international award, which we this, this clearly clear have it. just done. This is clearly it. This is absolutely 100 percent what it was. Uh, but anyway, uh, Favian uh, put this together. Great. It, it's really awesome. I'm, I'm super honored that we were even mentioned. I was sort of joking with it is like, I don't know that we've ever been like really nominated for this and if you're talking about me i know that one of the person who wasn't on this that should have been on this was seeing red the new york red bulls and my good friend mark fishkin over on the other side of the country uh, has been doing this as long as i have uh, and he puts out a quality quality product there as well um and so if if in my idea of the twitter world of the best team-based mls podcast it would be us against mark um and and we would win um, but, but it would be close because, uh, well, because Mark, Mark puts out a great show too. Let me say the first sincere, truthful thing I probably ever said on this pod, which is, I mean, you deserve a lot of credit for this because you've been doing this for 15 years. People don't know that obviously you don't get paid for this. There's no sponsorships. You've been offered money for this pod and you wanted to keep it because it's a labor of love. You do this twice a week. Um, it's very professional. I mean, the intro and everything, it's very professional. And it has to be because we're in Hollywood. I mean, we well, are. you're actually in Costa Mesa. But and, I mean, and it has to. And you're nor- just south of Seattle. Seattle yeah. Yes. Well, yeah, a lot of a lot of film shooting done up here, TV shooting done up here in Valencia, Santa Clarita. But <laughs> yeah. it, 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 it has to be. Pro- <laughs> Wait a minute. Are we allowed <laughs> to talk about those films, though? I don't think we are. Continue. <laughs> well, there are some films. Yeah. Um, but it. I mean, it's it's it has to be professionally done. It has to look right. It has to sound right. You, you're always on me about the sound, um, and uh, obviously, I don't listen because the sound's never any good. But uh, it's very professionally done. It's a labor of love. And the other thing about it is, I've been on other pods, and I'll talk to the people before the show, and not so much show prep, but just maybe during the week. And it's like, hey, who do they play this weekend? I don't know. You know, who's who's injured? I don't know. You and I talk maybe 10, 10 or 15 times a week yep. easy yep. about – I just talked to Greg and he said this. Well, I heard from another guy this. You're always working the angles and working the stories and coming to the podcast prepared. And that's why I do this because I like working with you. It's not a fanboy podcast. It's not we, we, we. It's not this is what I think of my team that I have season ticket holders for, season tickets for. It's, hey, I was talking to the president of – the Seattle Sounders. And here's what he said about the galaxy's acquisitions at the break. Right. Um, it's, it's professionally done and it's, it's a real credit to you because, um, um, I don't get paid. So I'm assuming you don't get paid. Um, That's what I keep telling you. So just, just keep going (laughs) with that. No, I, I mean, here's the other thing that, that I don't think people realize is that yes, I do it twice a week. And the, the fun stat is always who has never missed a podcast. The answer is me, because if I don't do it, then there is no podcast. Um, so that type of thing. But, Kevin, you're the second in that because you're on every Monday night. I remember on Thursday nights, I rotate two, through at least two people, sometimes three, sometimes four. We're into about a three-person rotation right now with everybody off traveling and doing stuff. 
you're on every Monday night. I didn't even text you today. We did not talk today before this show, but I just assumed you would be ready at 745. I didn't say anything. So usually we're like, hey, do you want a pod today? And you're like, no, we're probably having a pod tonight. So it was fine. So no, I thank you. Uh, I thank Eric. Um, I think, you know, you have to go back to like Jared, uh, Jared Dubois, Corey Ritzow, uh, and Wendy Thomas. Um, there's been so many fun co-hosts that we've had over the years. Sophie Nicolau, I've mentioned, Christian Miles, Larry Morgan. Um, you know, Scott French was on a lot of the, the earlier ones. Damian Calhoun has come on. We've had the beat writers that have been covering the LA Galaxy for years on this show. Um, and yes, a corner of the galaxy from the box is about from the penalty box. It's also from the press box. It's a dual thing. Just like corner of the galaxy is also a dual thing, right? It's the corner for soccer. And then the corner as in we're talking like this is our corner to come talk about the LA galaxy and then corner of the galaxy as in earth, you know, all those things, multiple levels, very deep all the way down. Uh, it's funny though. I was talking to somebody uh, I woke up on Saturday morning early. I, had, I it was a, it was a train weekend. We we set a record: thirty eight hundred people over thirty eight hundred people rode our trains on the weekend. A lot of fun. But I got up early Saturday morning. Dave Denholm was up, uh, who does the play by play for LAFC, and he's like he's like, oh man, I couldn't sleep. It must be because it's El Trafico or something like that. And I go, no, Dave, it's because we're old. We're both up, you know, the whole deal. And he goes, yeah, my kid was in here not too long ago. Yeah, my kid woke me up like twenty minutes ago too. It was funny, but. A lot of people don't know the very first L.A. Galaxy podcast ever put out was put out by ESPN. The host of that was Mr. Dave Denholm. So Dave was the original Galaxy podcast guy, and he and I have gotten or I have been friends over the years. Uh, and I love that guy, even though he used to talk about we as in the L.A. Galaxy or my L.A. Galaxy all the time. And uh, jobs pull you in different directions. And I would have loved to see Dave land with the L.A. Galaxy, Kev, but it, it didn't work out. And I'm glad that he has a has a job uh, doing soccer because the man loves well, soccer. So I think you should hold that over his head. I mean, if I do all you the tell time. LA, LAFC people that he was a Galaxy guy and once said we and Oh, he said my galaxy. galaxy. We could go back and find shows where he says my Galaxy. He would come on and guest host for me in the early days um, whenever we didn't have somebody on Thursday nights. Jared couldn't do it or stuff like that. So yeah, uh, Dave is great. I love Dave and uh, he'll, he'll always have a special place in my heart uh, even though he hates VAR and he's like an old man just screaming into the wind on the porch. Get off my lawn! You know, that type of thing. But he knows. I, I, I love him. So lots, so, of, anyway, lots th- of people this award thank. This award is for you. Where'd it go? Where is it? There's the camera. There's oh the camera. Oh my god! It's like it's like god. it's like it's I'm your good first at, I'm good day. This, huh? <laughs> it's like it's your first day. So anyway, uh, let's get through that. I'm glad we we got to do that. Uh, by the way, uh, Raphael, uh, five dollars super chat. Congratulations, Pato Panda and Company. Best podcast in the galaxy. See, look, best podcast in the galaxy. See, there's so I many like word that. plays. So many word plays. Uh, let's talk about it. LA Galaxy four two losers to LAFC. Kevin, I'm gonna say this. All right, I got. I was very busy on Saturday. I got home. I sat down, I was ready to tweet away, um, and off the game went. Uh, the Gal- Galaxy absolutely threw that game into the trash in the second half, and I don't know, I thought points, quite honestly, and I know El Trafico gets crazy, um, but I thought points were locked up in that second half. I thought the Galaxy were playing well enough, probably not to allow LAFC to score in that second half, because I thought there were adjustments that were made, uh, and I thought that they weren't going to play well enough to score another ga- another goal. Granted, it's all traffic. Things always happen, and things go crazy. Um, and then I watched Chris Mavinga uh, totally fall asleep, and this is the problem with him. Uh, he has a tendency to do this, and I've gone to bat for him many times saying he is the best defender out of all the people they're choosing. The problem is he has the biggest downside. I think he has the highest upside in terms of the people who are on the bench after Yoshida. 
I think that he'll probably start for the rest of the year. Uh, and that puts the LA Galaxy in a position to mean that if he plays well, the LA Galaxy defense will do okay. He did not. And that pass is unacceptable. It's the easiest, most laziest pass that you can make. Uh, you knew the pressure was coming. You knew that LAFC would try to jump that route. So you couldn't make a bad play and you made a bad play there. Uh, that being said, the fourth goal was also atrocious and we can talk about that in a completely different way. But I, I was very surprised and I don't know that I should have should should have been a surprise, but I was very surprised the LA Galaxy threw that 2-2 game away in that well, second half. Well, a couple of things. I mean, they dominated in position. It's a 60, uh, 62% possession, which I know doesn't necessarily mean a lot, but it means that they had the ball more than LAFC did. Um, Steve Trinnell said afterwards that in the opening minutes, he knew they were going to win that game because they were better. B.S. Steve Trinnell. I kind of wonder where that came from because the Galaxy came back twice. The first time they came back within seconds, the the PA announcer hadn't even finished announcing the goal before Billy Sharp scored. Then they came back uh, in the second half to tie the game. I mean, LAFC essentially let them off the the carpet twice to come back and tie that game. Um, The the one area where there was a lot of... um, uh, Oh, and then on the Mavinga goal... um, I thought that was the right play. It was just a terrible, easy, you know, it's too soft to pass. And I don't think he saw Boanga sprinting up the middle of the field because his back was turned. I don't know that he knew yeah, for yeah, sure but, that Boanga was there. But Kevin, everybody knows that that's the play. Whenever you're trapping on that side, especially in that case, right, because the ball is bouncing deep, the idea is Mavinga is going to go back and recover it. Everybody knows where the ball is going to go. So Boanga is going to try and jump that route, right? Everybody knows that. So if you know that, then one, you don't play it more towards the center. You play it more down the line. Let Jonathan Bond come out and get it and beat Boanga to, to it, right? Or two is you take that ball, you step and you turn and you kick it out of bounds, right? Sideways. So if you're at all concerned, but you have to know any decent defender knows that guy is there. It looked like it looked like St. Louis in the early days of uh, of their start this season. Remember when everybody was passing the ball to St. Louis and like they were just scoring goals? There was no... You know, people want to say, oh, you know, oh, well, he jumped the route and he did all the things. It's the most ASO goal that you're going to score. It was a gift. It was a present. Christmas came early uh, for, for the Elegance. It was ridiculous. And people are going, oh, Mavinga screwed up twice. Yoshida screwed up on the first goal. Um, 100% Yoshida screwed up on the first goal because he didn't realize that Mavinga had somebody off his back shoulder as well. Um, you know, second goal, whatever. Uh, the third, the third goal for me is is the one that broke the galaxy's back. That was where everything went downhill because I really thought the galaxy had a chance to get away and get some points. I didn't think they needed them, and I still didn't. I, I still disagree. It was the least important El Trafico played in maybe years. Um, you know, I, I didn't think LAFC needed the the points necessarily, and I don't think that the galaxy's season is over because of it. But it, it certainly puts the galaxy season for the rest of the year in 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 real like highlights. You you have to do well. There's there's nothing else there. Well, the one thing it does is it kind of killed up momentum. We've been talking about you know hottest. They were the third hottest team in MLS since the end of May, um, and and arguably sec- I mean there were two teams, the Galaxy and I think Real Salt Lake had 1.8 points, and I think Columbus was a little bit higher. But you know it kills the momentum a little bit going into a very difficult stretch. They have two more games this week. Um, I, I think the one area maybe where you could be, in addition to some of the things we already talked about, where you could be a little bit critical of the Galaxy, they they only got five shots, and they only put two on goal. Right. Um, and th- where, the reason that's big is is they were getting nothing from the, the the forwards again. Sharp scored the goal. He did. But the other goal was three, you know, two midfielders and a defender. Um, they got nothing from uh, Jovalich. And LAFC had 
Krapovac in goal for the first time in 315 days. He didn't make a save. Um, I think you really wanted to test him. You know, I, he didn't look good. He looked a little uncertain. You know, if you put a decent amount of shots on goal, I think – some of those are going to go in, and, and they just never really put any pressure on the new goalkeeper. That is that is wherever I come into this. Let's talk a look. And I know we jumped ahead, but let's talk about um, you know the 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 lineup here a little bit because there's a huge issue here. The huge issue here is that without Gaston Brogman, without Chicharito, without you know Casares, the Galaxy miss an edge, right? And who were they? Who did they not have start in this game that has been starting games that has been one of their sort of uh, their truth tellers, right? The guy who uh, who says sort of how it's going to go out, and, and then he plays well, and then when he plays well, the Galaxy is Douglas Costa. Seeing Costa on the bench was like, uh oh, we got problems. Um, you know, there's there's one of those things that you knew that there was going to be an issue somewhere, somehow with the LA Galaxy, and Douglas Costa was going to have to come into that game and change things, right? Kevin, he, he never came off the bench. Greg Vanny put him on the bench as a decoy. I mean, the, the crazy thing, and, and, and Greg went on to explain afterwards it was a hamstring issue and that, you know, he was out taking balls late on Thursday or Friday and it just got tight on him and they're like, we're not taking a chance. Again, goes to prove my point, which is this was the least important El Trafico probably in the history of the games that have been played. Um, it just it just wasn't that it wasn't worth risking Douglas Costa whenever you knew you needed Douglas Costa on Wednesday night, right? Wednesday night against Minnesota. That's the game we'll talk about. That's where it was. But really strange to see all the depth that we talked about that they gained, Kevin, in that in this transfer window where they had to do a whole bunch of stuff. It didn't matter as much. And the reason it didn't matter in this game was because the Galaxy now have so many injuries again that the depth is starting. And so therefore the starters are were the depth pieces those depth pieces are now starting you don't have the game changers off the bench uh douglas costa could have been that you were hoping that jovalich could be it barrios came in and i thought you know he was at least a distraction for a little bit but um you know jovalich came in nothing uh Cerillo didn't play probably i understand that Uri rossell has been playing very well in that defensive despite the fact that i thought lafc controlled the midfield i thought Uri rossell played okay i thought mark delgado played okay ricky Pouge was trying to do everything he possibly could and i know there's people who sit there and go he tries to do too much bros bros ladies everybody listen up there is nobody else on the field who is going to be creator except for ricky Pouge. he has to do it all kevin if he doesn't do it nobody's going to do it right and when you look at the goal they scored with Billy Sharp, it was very direct and LAFC was super slow in trying to come over and and cover and and you know they were still in the oh we scored, yay, you know the whole deal. That was super direct. It was really well taken. I like it, but Pooj needs to be the creator. And whenever he's the solo creator, LAFC can hang three guys on him and it gets a lot more difficult for him. Well, Chirino did talk about that too. He said the Galaxy play, go through the midfield. The midfield is everything to the Galaxy. He also said that they, they do play very direct. They play up the middle. There's not a lot of wide play. And so LAFC's game plan was to, to control the midfield and keep the Galaxy from going wide, which they don't like to do anyways. Um, and it, that was a smart strategy. Obviously, it worked. But I also kind of read between the lines and said, we don't think they can do anything up front. Yep. We don't have to worry about their forwards. You don't. You, although they got burned. Billy Sharp scored. Sharp has continued to He has scored now multiple times in games that he's shown up. He has more goals than Dayan Jovalich. In, yeah, in three MLB. goals in five games. Yeah, he is doing his job, but he, you are only going to get a goal from him, you know, a goal per game. I mean, the guy has three three goals in five games, Kevin. That's that's way above where I think a lot of people thought he was going to be anyway. But 
Um, you know, he's not fast. Uh, he's just a grinder, and he tried to grind LAFC. And if the Galaxy had another creator on that field, if Douglas Costa was playing, the Galaxy have a chance at winning that game. As it was, I thought 2-2 was very fair. Um, looking at XG, I would say that um, it's slanted, obviously, towards LAFC. Uh, the LA Galaxy had a .8, I believe, on their, on, their, uh, on their expected goals. But we were talking about this in the Discord. That, you know, you have to take a shot in order to have XG, Kevin. If you don't take a shot, remember whenever the Galaxy had the uh, the breakaway, the uh, the counter in the first half, and they had a three-man, I think a three-man rush on two, and they didn't get a shot off? Well, there's no XG in that. That's a chance, though, and that's a chance that should have been created and buried, right? And it wasn't. Um, but I thought 2-2 two, two was fair because I didn't see anything in LAFC that showed me they were going to dominate the LA Galaxy, and they didn't. Um, I was, yeah, I I was thought, surprised. I thought- Bond deserved a better fate. He made five saves. Uh, the the Mavinga goal can't blame him for that one, and then the 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 goal in garbage time really uh, difficult to blame. We're going to talk about too. that. We're going to talk about that one. I still I have a long rant. I'm sure I will go on in that one. Um and and that's fine. Um no I I agree. Some people are trying to blame Mavinga for the second one with Hollingshead coming across, and I thought that was good space creation from Hollingshead. Really, I blame the midfield for not stopping that as from going through, and then Mavinga has to try to step out. If you're asking your central defender to was back on the line on the, back on the penalty kick line or back on the the 18 yard box to step out and try to track a guy like that, I thought he did about as good as he could. Bond probably should have saved that one. That one to me, I thought he had a pretty good look at. I know from that position from Hollingshead, he can go one of two ways, right? He can clearly go far post, near post there. It's not like it's more of an angle where there's only going to be sort of one general direction. So Bond had to wait for the shot. Um, I would have liked to see the defense, you know, uh, the the midfield check Hollingshead as he came through there a little bit. Um, but, it, you know, overall, I think it's a great shot from, from outside well, the box. So he talked about that after the game, and I didn't realize that. Well, I knew it was kind of a weird pass. But he got in the way. Vela was trying to pass it into the box. How many times has that happened to the Galaxy this year, Kevin, where the ball bounces weirdly and it falls right to to an attacker? Um, That is another thing that you have to look at. Whenever that pass goes, Mavinga actually steps to the outside to go with the pass where the pass is supposed to go. And Hollings had gotten the way of it. And so Mavinga has to now make up the ground of going with the pass where it was supposed to go into where it deflected. Um, Also difficult. if that hits another defender like like Cialini, who is not comfortable shooting, Holland's head leads all MLS defenders in goals the last two seasons. He likes to shoot. He was a forward at, at UCLA. When that ball dropped to him, he said, you know, in that position, a lot of times a defender will just dump the ball off. They're uncomfortable. They, he said, I'm totally comfortable. I'm going to take the shot there because it's I think my shot has a better chance of scoring than a, than another pass. So the Galaxy got a little bit unlucky in that it hit Holland, Holland's head instead of going to where it was supposed to go. And then the guy he hit it hit was totally comfortable with it but you know the injuries to me are they're starting to pile up with with, with costa that's five starters four that are out for the season and then Costa being the fifth starter that, that, that wasn't available. Yeah, and that's one of the things. You go to the starting lineup again. Uh, you know, Fagunda, Sharp, and Boyd across the top. It was Puj, Rossell, and Delgado through the middle. Then you had Edwards, Mavinga, Yoshida, and Cuevas. Cuevas on the right-hand side. Cuevas was put in a tough spot here. I was actually surprised Greg didn't start Leardam, but I think they were worried about the speed with LAFC and that Leardam wasn't going to be able to keep up. So I, I understand why that decision excuse me, was made. Um, the, the problem here is that Cuevas is young, uh, that he doesn't have the the physical skills. I don't think he's a you know. Listen, uh, Caligari's one of the was probably one of the best right backs in Major League Soccer this year. Uh, people don't want to talk about that because his stats don't say. Oh, hey, look how awesome he is! 
But, Kevin, you realize now what the LA Galaxy were missing with him. He was just solid over there all the time. And he was such an integral part of the offense, too, getting forward, that the Galaxy felt like they could overload that side a lot. They could overload it comfortably, and that he was able to get back a lot. And him and Delgado had an understanding of how to get back and how to cover and do all the things they needed to do. Cuevas is in that position, and he's struggling. And he, he should struggle. He's not experienced enough to really know what to do over there, but Cuevas not closing down space, allowing crosses that come in. That first goal is a, is one of those. Cuevas needs to push out and create and, and stop that, that ball, I think, from Palacios coming in from that left side. He needs to stop that ball from coming in. Uh, then you have the problem with Yoshida and Mavinga and them not communicating correctly in that particular situation because it's fine to bracket that guy and, and really it was sort of, you know, floating to the back there um, or, or floating back behind. Uh, it was Buanga, I think, who floated in back behind Yoshida and got in front of Mavinga and there was about 12 yards of space between those two. It was too much. Uh, Mavinga, one, needed to cheat that in a little bit once he saw the ball going and Yoshida needed to drop and sort of follow uh, Boanga, who started his run from in front of Yoshida and curled around into that space, right? And it was too much, too much room there. Not Mavinga's fault there. He had a guy on his back side that he also had to cover. So that's Yoshida for me. Um, but that's a communication issue. One, that Cuevas doesn't push out and try to try to cut off that angle a little bit or at least force Palacios to hit a ball that's not so teed up. And then the communication between Yoshida and, and uh, Mavinga. Um, was was at fault there, and then you know a free header from the center of the box for for Buanga, it's, it's over, right? That's going to be an easy one. Um, so so Caligari is going to be the bigger bigger injury, I think, out of any of them, Kevin. Which is crazy to say. I think Caligari might be the biggest injury for the Galaxy that they don't have an answer for. Well, and you were right when you talked about the depth. So you, if, if there's five starters out, just pick any five guys in the lineup. They're on the bench. That you know that makes your bench better. It obviously makes your starting lineup better. I, I had a problem with the Calgary injury uh, and the announcement of it. And I I talked to Kevin Acevedo. Uh, can can, Galaxy. I, can, can I, I let me announce? Let me let me say because we haven't said it on the podcast yet because it oh, came out after yeah. uh, after our show. Uh, the LA Galaxy announced today on Friday, so the day after our show. The LA Galaxy announced today uh, that defender Lucas Caligari, who apparently you're never supposed to use his first name because his agent only wanted to use the last name, but they they get to use his first name now. Uh, to announce that defender Lucas Caligari underwent a successful interior cruciate ligament and ACL reconstructive surgery on his left knee sustained in the 2023 MLS regular season match against the Houston Dynamo on September 2nd. Caligari will be unavailable for the remainder of the 2023 campaign. So, yes, continue. Now, now you said September 2nd, right? Uh, September, uh, yes, September 2nd, and they announced it on September 15th, so 13 right. days. Right, that's the point of my rant. And I, again, I talked to Kevin Acevedo, who, by the way, I know is listening to this podcast. He's listening to it in the future. He's listening to it um, on Monday as he does his 20-mile morning bike ride. Apparently, he's Tuesday, training for the tour. On Tuesday. Tour on Tuesday, because yes. we're recording on Monday night. So he's going right, to listen to it on Tuesday, yes. As he's, as he's on his bike ride, he's apparently training for the Tour de France or something. I'm not sure what. But um, it, it sounds like that's a harassment thing, too, by the way, if the Galaxy are forcing him as part of his duties to to listen to this thing that seems like cruel <laughs> cruel and unusual punishment yeah I agree. yeah very much so but my point to him was I, I i snarkily sometimes refer to um mls as minor league soccer and the caligari injury fits perfectly into that here's a guy with acl reconstructive surgery that's a serious surgery he didn't hurt that walking down the stairs at home he hurt that on september 2nd we got greg vanny telling us at least twice gee we don't know what it is but it's bad we don't know when he's going to be available. Could be season-ending in injury. Could be out there tomorrow. We don't know. 
13 days later, he there's a picture of him in the hospital getting reconstructive surgery. Um, and uh, Kevin said, Acevedo said, well, you know, there's a problem because he's on loan and the, the team in Brazil is actually in charge of everything. And where did they do the surgery, Kevin? They did it here right. in L.A. Right. So you guys knew. And there was no announcement. And, and my point was, in every other sport, when Shohei Otani got hurt and came out of a game, reporters were told after the game what his injury was. When Aaron Rodgers got hurt on Monday Night Football the other day, that was late at night. We woke up the next morning and there was a medical report from the Jets saying exactly what happened to him. Um, and why MLS can't do that, I, I don't know. But I do know that that fans, supporters, people in the, that, that want to know things, they depend on you and I and Damien and everybody else to know this information. And when they ask us and we say, well, gee, you know, we, we don't know what happened to Caligari. Well, they look, well, we know what happened to Shohei. We know what happened to Rodgers. Why doesn't Major League Soccer tell you that? And I have not heard. Kevin tried to explain it. He he did say that that was an oversight that we should have known. But this happens over and over and over again. Yeah, Why really is it slow. that every other league can make announcements within 24 to 48 hours? And MLS is 13 days later to tell us it was major reconstructive surgery? I That's mean, Pretty bizarre. No, it's not bizarre. It's just um, it, it's a lack of caring. Uh, it's a, they don't think that the uh, they've grown up in a situation where the mainstream media and especially now that they're getting a lot of mainstream media and stuff like that doesn't doesn't push doesn't care. Um, we ask all the time. It doesn't matter. Uh, remember how uh, remember how like whenever somebody would get t- taken out of a game, uh, you could ask uh, the, the PR people what happened to them. Say, hey, what's the injury for that? Now we're told we don't know until you have to talk to Greg Vanny, who doesn't know after the game either. Right. And it's like, oh, it's a left leg injury. Like it's a left hamstring injury. It's a left knee injury. We didn't want a diagnosis. We didn't know why they were taken out. Right. And that doesn't happen. It's um, MLS clearly sees no value in it. it. They also see no value in having a robust media policy because their media policy, it could you could use to you know wipe your rear side. Um, and they constantly do that. Uh, Messi doesn't talk after games, and apparently he's not violating policy. He is uh, very straightforward, unless they've rewritten the policy and then just forgot to tell the media how to do it. So, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm with you. It takes too long. Also, with all these injuries, and listen, you can say some of them are absolutely freak. I mean, even Caligari's injury looks like a freak accident. He's just turning, and he goes down, and that was it, right? With all these injuries, I know a lot of people have been asking about the training squads, uh, the, the the training team and everything that's going on. I mean, it's not a small list of injuries. You have Chicharito out. You have Caceres out. You have uh, Brugman out. You have, uh, who else am I missing? Caligari's out. That's four, right? And Douglas Cost, we don't know his Douglas situation. Costa, he's, well, he's, he at least was dressed. I mean, I have to imagine that if Greg thought that there was a free kick with about, you know, one minute left, they may have put Douglas Costa in to take the free kick. You know, it's one of those. Um, but he did, I think he put him on the bench as a, as a, uh, um, as a, a decoy um, in that game. 100%. I think he put him in that game as a decoy. He was never going to, I don't think he was ever going to play in that game. And I expected him to. Everybody did. The announcers did. Everybody thought he was going to start. And then, you know, mystery until after the game. Little gamesmanship in that, I understand. And certainly you understand why the Galaxy wouldn't want to tell LAFC that Douglas Costa is hurt for whatever reason, because there was game planning in there for Douglas Costa, guaranteed, right? And so you want to be like, he's going to come in. You guys better be careful because he's going to come in and every it's going to change things. And when he comes in, things do change. So it's nice to sort of see that. So if they were, you know, if LAFC was banking on Costa coming in, maybe they held subs differently. Maybe they did a, do things. But at the same time, for the Caligari incident, that's it, it's just it is what, what it is. What, 
And I saw Costa after the game, and he was walking around, looked fine. Um, he was, you know, dressed in civilian clothes and first guy out of the locker room. So I would imagine he didn't sweat much and didn't need a shower. He was dressed pretty quick. Seemed to be walking fine. I don't think it's that serious an injury. But just briefly back to the Calgary thing, another point I made with Kevin is you you, you sign these guys. You tell us they're the greatest players since sliced bread, that they're going to change everything. You want us to vote for him for defender of the year. When the MLS votes come out, you tell us how great he is. And then it gets hurt. He gets hurt, and it's like, oh, that's not important. He's not going to play. We we don't need to talk about him. And you and I are sitting here saying, look, he's probably the most valuable guy that they lost. Yep. We're talking about a guy that's valuable. He's so valuable, the Galaxy go 13 days, 12 days without right. telling us he's hurt. Is, is that crazy? And he's not available. Is that crazy? And, and, go, and, go and another another way it hurts briefly, and this is just a personal thing, but – when, you know, at our paper with Bill Plasky, who's our number one columnist, not a big soccer fan. You have to drag him to come to get out to a soccer match. When he goes to a Laker game and can talk to LeBron immediately after the game, every game, or can talk to Clayton Kershaw or Mike Trout, and you he comes to the Galaxy and he says, what's, what's, what's up with this player? Is he hurt? We don't know. Can I talk to this guy after the game? No. Can we go in the locker room? No. <laughs> he, he's gone. That's it. You, know, you guys don't act like a major league team. We're not going to treat you like a major league team. Can, can I go back to Caligari for a second in, in terms of his playing? Is it crazy to stay, say that he might be the most impactful injury to the Sally Galaxy? I would have said Caceres or Brugman might have been that. I didn't think, listen, I like Chicharito. He wasn't doing crap this year, right? And he was injured before the season even started. Everybody says, oh, well, the Galaxy sucked before the injuries. The Galaxy started the season without Chicharito and Douglas Costa. I don't know if everybody remembers that, but that's how it went down right is that Chicharito got hurt uh out at uh, out in the desert right and he they that why that's why everybody was like great going in and El Trafico at the Rose Bowl first game biggest game Galaxy aren't gonna have Chicharito this is all downhill it took him I think eight nine games to to finally come back um maybe it was only four or five in my mind it says eight nine games right but he was injured he didn't play Costa didn't play at the beginning of this so they've had injuries throughout this entire year so it wasn't just that. You also lump on top of the fan boycott, the Chris Klein thing, all the pressure on the players. I mean, totally self-inflicted wound. Um, and that was on AEG uh, and Dan Beckerman when they decided to bring Chris Klein back. That was They made that choice. That was that was on them. They knew there was going to be a reaction. I guess they didn't think it was going to be uh, as serious as it was. But a guy who gets suspended for cheating gets a new contract. That's awesome, by the way. Does that happen in any other sport? Does that happen in any other place that the guy who got caught cheating Gets gets a contract extension, gets a new contract, multi-year contract extension. My guess is AEG still playing Chris Klein for this year and then the next year. And who knows how well, many years he paid? Well, we know they were playing Onafo and Ziggy Schmidt at the, to not coach at the same time they're paying GPS to coach. But to answer your question, you can make the argument that he's the most impactful player. And, and there's a number of reasons why. Um, I think even before Chicharito got hurt, the offense was running through 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 Boyd and 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 uh, Ricky Puj. So when Chicharito went down, it was almost like they didn't lose anything because Dayon came in and did the same thing Chicharito did, which was basically nothing. Now you have Billy Sharp, and he's he's changed things. So you knew, you do have a dangerous forward now. Um, in, in the back line, I think you can make the argument. It's not straight up. It's not one for one. But maybe Yoshida's kind of replaced Caceres. Now, yes. if you have Caceres and Yoshida together with Jalen Neal, then you got something. But one for Jaylen one. Jalen Neal also injured. Sorry. Go ahead. Continue. Yeah, forgot about we, that. Yeah, yeah, we forgot about him. Um, I think Gaston Brugman, you uh, you know, was the captain, was the holy midfielder, was an important guy, was the link from the back line to the front. He was very valuable. But if I had to pick one, I agree with you. It would be Caligari. He's the the one guy you can replace because you have lost Julian Araujo. He's the new 
Brazilian Julian Araujo, yeah, and except, now he except, goes down. Except he's better than Julian Araujo. Just say it. It makes everybody feel better. You shake it off a little bit, right? You do it. He is markedly better than Julian Araujo, which means... And you were president of the Julian Araujo fan I, club I, for a long time. I still love Julian Araujo. Still big fan. I hope he does well, right? The whole deal. But the bottom line is that if Caligari got sent to Barcelona right now, I, that would make sense to me, even more so than, than Julian Araujo going to Barcelona, right? I know there was well, a whole... He's not at... He's in Zimbabwe or something. Uh, no, now, right? no, he's, he, he's not there. Uh, he's with, isn't he... He's a, uh, is he another Spanish side? I forget where he's playing. Um, but somebody in the chat room will, will tell us once again. But yeah, he's he's been uh, a little exiled from from Barcelona there for a little while to to start to uh, gain some of that uh, gamesmanship that will come in, in La Liga and all the fun things that comes there. So um, very interesting on that front. Okay, so we talked about the first goal. We talked about the, about the mistakes there. We talked about. Um, you know, I think the Galaxy midfield was was overrun by LAFC, and I think that's what happens whenever you ha just have Ricky Pooch. So we talked about that point um, in there. Uh, I think outstanding by Yoshida, by the way, to score. Uh, outstanding by Billy Sharp to score. The Galaxy came back in those games. By the way, they look comfortable coming back both of those times, right? 2-1, 2-2. They look comfortable coming back. Again, there was nothing in this game that told me, and I find it hysterical, by the way, that you go and you read MLS pundits today, uh, and they're like, oh, LAFC is back. I'm sorry. Did you guys watch that game? Did anybody else watch? Did Billy Sharp score 10 seconds? Is that what a championship team does? Is allow Billy, Billy Sharp to score 37 seconds after the first goal went in? Is that how? Does Maya Yoshida in the center basically unmarked after a little flick header? Is that what good teams do? They, they struggle to the 13th place team. One, I would argue, Galaxy aren't a 13th place team, although they should own it by now. They've been there longer than anybody else. That 13th place thing is something there. But the bottom line is that if you're in the Western Conference, and we've been saying this, so let's beat this dead horse, mediocrity. LAFC was mediocre on the night. All right. They ended up having more firepower. The Galaxy committed and shot themselves in the foot. That's really what the difference was in this. Now, let's talk about the fourth goal. Mr. Chris Penso. One of the most controversial referees in all Major League Soccer. Alex Ruiz on uh, Thursday night, Kevin said, Alex on this show said, if I know your name as a referee, that's not a good thing, right? And, uh, and he sort of called it out again. So here's the play. Galaxy are down 3-2 at this point. Uh, Chris Mavinga just shot the LA Galaxy dead. Galaxy are bleeding out in the gutter as is, as is happening, but they're trying to, to fight on a little bit. Um, so the game was, uh, by the way, I, I also say that people have said the Galaxy quit. Um, if Mavinga makes that pass on your team in your rec league, you get that guy in the car and send him home. But because this is Major League Soccer, you have to play that out. That was such a momentum-killing play. Uh, a gigantic momentum-killing play. Did you see Chris Mavinga tweet, by the way? Uh, yeah. Yeah, he says, and he says, uh, I'm not going to hide. I screwed up. Now the team objective remains the same to do everything to secure the playoffs. Hope is vital. LA Galaxy, what do you make of him coming out and saying, I screwed up? Is that a good thing or a bad thing? I, I don't, he's owning up to it. I mean, how can it be bad? It's bad. It's really bad. Um, Why is that? Because it wasn't just like, oh, I'm sorry I made this one mistake this one time. The guy who got a red card and allowed three goals against Vancouver. Somebody tweeted at me and said, name another player on the LA Galaxy directly responsible for losing six points uh, this season. And I'm like, well, I mean, Mavinga is like clearly the one you're going to look at right away. But he's right in that particular case. It's bad. Just in this particular case, saying nothing is better. And and I'm usually not that guy. I'm usually the guy who's like, you know, let let players be themselves. You want players to be themselves. Let players be themselves. No, not on this. 
This is not a, hey, I was trying really hard and I just screwed up. This is, as I said before, an ASO level mistake. Um, Greg Vanny knows it. Uh, everybody on that team know it. Watch the shoulders drop whenever that ball goes in. Watch, watch the deflation that happens for the LA Galaxy. So uh, anyway, they get possession now, Kevin. They're going forward. They're trying right they're 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 stringing passes together but there's no there's no edge here there's nobody who's really going to change the game at this point they're hopeful that maybe something you know scurries sideways and goes in and maybe they can tie this game and get a 3-3 but really after that Mavinga thing hope is lost and i understand why um the whole deal so then what happens is the LA Galaxy are pressuring and holding LAFC into LAFC's own half they have a lot of possession they're sending waves in nothing really dangerous but they're sending waves in over and over again trying to sort of get something off the ball is about to be cleared out uh LAFC is about to find that ball in the center of their half and put that ball into you know a position where maybe they can counter Maya Yoshida um comes screaming out of the back and makes a wonderful tackle on a ball. Beautiful tackle, good pressure, good timing, gets the ball and then gets fouled and drilled on the play and he gets dropped. Now that ball ends up uh, going to an LA Galaxy player who turns and passes it to Barrios. Barrios tries to make a turn and the ball gets taken away. The referee sees the foul on Yoshida, Chris Penso, and he says, play on right now or not play on, but advantage, right? I shouldn't say play on Uh, advantage, right? There's an advantage here because the galaxy are moving forward and they have something there. Here's the problem with that. As soon as Barrios loses the ball because he played an advantage, the LA Galaxy are at a disadvantage because Mayu Yoshida is down and injured behind the play. The LA Galaxy would have rather, especially in this case, would have rather taken the free kick then tried to advance that ball against the setup LAFC defense, right? Clearly, there's no advantage. The ball isn't going to go anywhere, all right? You could say, oh, well, it got passed into space. It was a poor officiating call and a poor moment because by playing advantage, he put the LA Galaxy at a disadvantage. So LAFC gets the ball. They counter the other way. Yoshida's lying on the ground. There's no way for the Galaxy to be able to get back. And so Chris Penso scores the fourth goal of the night. That's what happens there. It's poor well, game management from the referee. Now you 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 have his words, right? I have words, a couple right? of yes, series go. of comments. Yeah, um, Scott French is the pool reporter, and he asked uh, for uh, Chris Pencil to be quizzed on this. First question was what what occurred before the fourth LAFC goal? He says a foul was committed by LAFC against LA Galaxy's number four, which is Yoshida. Then the question is, did you give advantage to the Galaxy when Yoshida went down? Chris Penso, again, very uh, very economically says, advantage was played. Didn't really want to talk about it. So then Scott forced it again, said, if so, when there was an immediate turnover and LAC was able to counter with Shoshita on the ground, why did you not bring that play back? And he, Chris Penso said, after multiple touches and a pass, LAFC fairly won the ball back from LAF, from the LA Galaxy. I did not deem this to be immediate. And, and Greg Vanny was also asked by Scott, after the, the game on that. And, and Greg Vanny had, a, I thought, a better answer. He said, when you have a center back, Yoshida, who is driving forward like that and he gets fouled, if it's almost any other player in the position in that situation, maybe you think about it. But when it's a center back who gets fouled and he's lying on the ground and then the ball goes into transition, you, meaning the Galaxy, you're dead on the other side. He said, Greg said, there has to be for me enough common sense by the referee to go, oh, Center back, out of position, gets hammered. He's on the ground. For me, this should be a foul, and you bring it back and start to play. At least that way, we get a chance to protect ourselves. 
Um, it says most goals end in transitions, or most attacks end in transitions. They don't end in goals or finishing actions. But because we got a, lot, a guy lying on the ground, we can't deal with it. And he did say that that changed the game because at 3-2, as you mentioned, they were pushing forward. At 3-2, they were still trying to get that point. At 4-2, it's just make sure no one gets hurt and let's get on the bus and go home. Three, three two, by 3-2, the Mavinga pass was was crap enough that it killed that game. I, I, I like the idea that the Galaxy were trying to mount something. The bottom line is it was 2-2. The Galaxy make changes to sort of set themselves up to go for the win, you know, because it was sort of like, oh, okay, Yobel is just coming in. They're making some changes. They're moving some guys around. They're setting it up for the final section, and then they allow LAFC to score. Mavinga makes that pass and allows LAFC to score. Now you're not set up in the way that you really probably would have to 100% go for it. Also, knowing that your bench was thin, you really didn't have a lot of game changers on there. I'm not sure it matters all that much. But um, they did come back from a goal down twice, so you they can't did. say it. They did. So, so you know, that's why everybody's saying, I, I love the chat room's correct. There's like, oh, LAFC was mediocre and they scored four, four goals. Yeah, well, two of them were gifts. Um, you know, but really, really, when you look at the defense that was played on both sides of those games, all the goals scored were sort of like, really? That's what you're that's what you're going to allow to score? It wasn't a well-played game. Uh, it didn't have the intensity of an El Trafico. Uh, which uh, people can argue all they want. It was a it was a slow game um, from both sides, and maybe that has to do with all the games that were coming up, or or maybe it was you know just the way Vanny was critical of his guys, saying you know that he thought they played too slow, that they didn't have the intensity. I agree with that. Um, you know that's that's these guys have to figure this out. To me, um, you know, it wasn't a good performance. I don't know that there's anybody out there you really say had a good performance. Uh, I thought Billy Sharp did what he was asked to be done. If I'm telling, if I'm going to give anybody man of the match, I mean, I don't know. Is it Billy Sharp? Sure, because as a forward, you can't do much on the defensive side, and you scored a goal, so you did your job. That's like the safest way to sort of get anybody. Uh, it's Chris, by the way, says uh, gave us a five dollars super chat. And says thoughts on Cuevas starting in his gameplay. Uh, I, we talked a little bit about Cuevas, but for me, I understand why Vanny put him in. I also understand why he struggled in this game. Uh, he has speed. He has the ability to get forward. I thought the Galaxy forced too many passes. Um, for sure, that was one of those um, that uh, you could see LAFC. And again, keying off of Pooj, Kevin, whenever you don't have another option, really, it's kind of easy to do. It's easier to do when you can throw three guys in the midfield that sort of, you know, ghost and follow Pooj around instead of having to worry about Pooj and Costa and everything well, else. And you knew LAFC tipped their hand when they, they decided to start killing Acosta and Elias Sanchez, two guys with a lot of bite. Their midfield was going to lay back. It wasn't going to push forward. You know, Timothy Tillman wasn't in there. Some of their more attacking midfielders were on the bench. LAFC was basically saying is none shall pass. This is where the ball is going to stop right here. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, overall, by the way, somebody said, hey, uh, was uh, was Pooj, you know, what did Pooj think? You know, here it is. Uh, Tim, $2 super chat. Did Pooj look 100% healthy? He's not. We know he's not. He, no. has, he has the uh, hamstring issue, right? No, groin. Oh, groin. That's growing. right. Gro growing. 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 The growing issue. He does yes. have a growing issue. He's rather short, um, but he'll, he'll get there eventually. I'm sure he just needs the, all those herbal life. Uh, he's not he's he's injured. He's going to be injured for the rest of the year, this year, I would imagine, uh, because he's not going to get any games off and he goes. Um, he's going to play every single game from here on out because the Galaxy have to have him in there. Um, does that make him the most valuable player, by the way? The fact that he's the guy you can't even take him out when he's injured. Oh, Pooj is the is the player of the year for the Galaxy. If okay. he, yeah, yeah, I, I think that's 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 fine with me. I don't know who else it would be. Um, Tyler, Tyler Boyd. No, I like Tyler Boyd, but no. Uh, Ricky Pooj makes things happen. Uh, Tyler Boyd score goals. He won Golden Boot. He can win Golden Boot. I mean, you know, he'll win that because he has the most goals right now. Um, I hurt my shoulder, by the way. I don't know if it was from watching the LA Galaxy or doing something else. I don't. Uh, but it's it's bad today. Hold it. You and you and Costa. Yeah, me and Doug. 
me and Doug. By the way, have you talked talked to Tyler Boyd recently? I love the accent. Uh, what the I have I mean recently like this year yes I've talked to Tyler yeah, Boyd the yeah. New Zealand accent his he says his friends from back in the day when he was growing up in Santa Barbara whenever he meets them they give him a lot of crap for that accent they think it's fake yeah because they remember him when he spoke like uh, Southern California now he's got that heavy New Zealand accent um all right so we get through this game let's go through some charts real quick right Kevin because why not charts that's fun um this is the seventh time the LA Galaxy have given up three goals or more. Interesting. The last time they did it, Chris Mavinga got a red card. Just giving you a heads up on that. Whenever Mavinga plays bad, the game. But it also ma- matched the season high. Yeah, towards the season high. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm okay with that. I, listen, scoring two goals in this game was, you know, I think a, a really good showing. The Galaxy have still found ways to score goals without any sort of nine support, and it's hard to keep saying that because Billy Sharp is scoring goals, but it's not consistent. It's not a consi- The Galaxy had two shots on goal; they both went in. That was it. That was it. Where's the offense? Does anybody know? There, look under. No, is it over here? Is it over there? I don't know where it is. And there were more goals to be had. Again, with Crapo coming back in, I thought he was a little unsteady. A little more pressure on him. I think there were more goals there. But when you put two shots on goal, they both go in. You're shooting 100, percent but you're still not going to win that game. <laughs> so somebody said, uh, somebody said, Galaxy, Galaxy made 100 percent shots, and I forget LAFC was like at 45 percent or something like that. It's like we win again, right? And I thought that was funny. It was like it's a way to find it. I do not want people, and I know that there's people who are discouraged by and they don't like losing to LAFC. Uh, I I called this game. I thought I, another reason I'm really mad at Chris Penso is I ha- I said LAFC would win this game three uh, two, and he took that away from me with that ridiculous advantage call play. Um, so I could have had it. I could have nailed the the score correctly. Um, but I don't want people to get discouraged. I thought this was the last throwaway game the Galaxy had, and I don't mind them not being sharpest, especially when Douglas Costa is. If if Costa can play the rest of these games, the Galaxy have a good shot at making the playoffs. If he can't, Kevin, the Galaxy won't make the playoffs. There's too many injured injuries going on. There's too many. It's like triage. You know, it's a it's like mash all over again. Um, they're they're in there trying to trying to save guys and just keep them. It's a walking wounded. Whenever this is like hockey at the end of the hockey season, right, where all of a sudden you find out they announce all the injuries that everybody has. And it's like, oh, these guys have been injured for the last two months. Uh, well, and that's the LA Galaxy. So they're 7, 11, and 9, right? They're in 13th place. They've been in 13th place, by the way, since May. They haven't gone up, haven't gone down. 13th place. Um, they're, uh, what, five points out of a playoff spot. Um, but given everything, the boycott, the injuries, um, all the things that they've gone through, this, you know, not being able to, to go out and get a guy in August, having to sort of manipulate the system a little bit. If the season ended right now, and they finish 13th with a losing record. Is this a good season or a bad season, considering all the obstacles they had? I mean, it's a crap season, isn't it? Even It's a crap season because of all of that. Um, it's a crap season seeing that, uh, that the team was put in a position from the very first kickoff this season of having to fight against its own fans um, and, and scrape together to, to put together a team. It's such a crap position and such an easily avoidable position. Uh, that's the really thing. It's like, it's like the people who drive, you know, whenever it says this area is flooded and then somebody will drive and the car goes underwater and they're like, you have to rescue me. That was what the LA galaxy did with their team at the beginning of this year was they're like, we know it's flooded, but we're driving down there anyway. Right. And we're, we're going to make it. We're fine. We got four wheel drive. We're, we're fine. That's what the galaxy did to this like organization at the very beginning. They flooded it. Uh, they flooded the engine. They flooded the seats. They, they and they were surprised, even though the giant sign back here said "Do not enter," you know, flood zone. Um, and so, you know, the injuries are the are the part that you can't predict on this. 
And I don't think, I'll be honest with you, I don't think it's a training issue. I don't think that's an issue. I don't know that for sure. But in my heart of hearts, I don't, I mean, you look at Caceres and he got kicked in the knee. That's not a, that's not a training thing, right? The whole deal. Um, Chicharito, you could see whenever he reached for that ball that he, he, he tore something. Yes, you can do stretches to make things as malleable as possible at his age, making that stretch at that time. That was enough to, to be done. Um, you know, Brugman, uh, you know, just weird in, in terms of how he goes down. Caligari, weird in terms of how he goes down. It just feels unlucky. It feels like, you know, yeah. the galaxy are cursed. And Costa was the shoulder. You can't really, like, you know, have a guy trained so that the shoulder doesn't get hurt. The weird thing about it is, like you said, it's it's kind of a lost season because when you go through a season like that, you look and say, okay, we have some young players that learned some things, that we have some veterans that got adjusted. And you look at the galaxy and you know none of that seemed to happen. I mean, it, it, it there was, I can't look on the field and say, yeah, this guy made a big stride with well, maybe Jalen Neal. Um, maybe Jalen Neal made a big stride, but, um, you just don't look at it and you say, no, it, this was a lost year for everybody. There's nobody that had a year where they, they, you know, even Ricky Pooch had a great season, but he's going to end it injured and unfulfilled. Um, we knew he was a good player before he'll be a good player next year, but there wasn't anyone that really took a big step forward. That is a criticism, I think, of Greg Vanny is where has the progression been for this team? And if we go through some of the stats and we look at that, um, you know, we go to winning percentage and 25.9%, not good. 40.7% uh, 40, losing percentage, 59.3% in terms of getting a point or better. That needs to be higher. We talked about that needing to be in the 65, 70s. And to close things out, if they don't get there, that's a problem. Uh, the away points right now, the LA Galaxy had 22 away points last year. Uh, again, regression, Kevin, 22 away points. They have 11 away points this year. Um, so half of that, and they only have, what is it, six games remaining? No, seven. Seven games, seven games remaining. Uh, and yeah, I think seven. three on the road for okay. home, right? So so they're not getting to the 22. It's not That's not happening. They could win all those games, and nine and 11, they'd get it to 20, right? So, so that's not happening. So that's regression. Uh, you know, the home points right now, uh, they finished with 28 home points last year, 29 in 2021, 28 in 2022. They're at 19 right now. They need another nine possible to get to um, that number there. That's a lot to ask for from an LA Galaxy team right now. Um, if we look at this, if the LA Galaxy made an MLS Cup right now, Kevin, they would be the worst LA Galaxy team ever to make an MLS Cup and to win an MLS Cup. That's that's what that says right there. Um, I, I don't think that's possible right now, just in terms of how I'm seeing the injuries stack up. So, uh, not real excited about that. Yes. I guess the one positive would be they did straighten out, not completely. There's still some dead wood there as we know, but they did make some efforts to straighten up the front office, um, kicking, they were drag kicking and screaming, but there were some, you know, I think the Tom Braun hire separating the business and the soccer side, uh, Will Koontz, obviously a great hire. They still have a little bit of work to do. They finally recognized that and, and did something about it. And, and you talk about teams and you say, well, people don't talk about the front office a lot unless they're spending a ton of money or not spending anything. It's just kind of the front office is there. Management is there. But you look at the Galaxy and here's a situation where the front office management can really hinder you. They created, as you said, they created these problems and let them linger for almost half a season. And then you look at Miami and irrespective of, of how poorly they started, um, Miami did a great job in the middle of the season to – 
bring in some players to help them, and we've seen the results of that. So, you know, uh, although they, they sort of be taken for granted and they're part of the background, um, most of the time management in the front office actually do play a pretty big role in whether your team is successful or not. Yeah, I, I think you're going to see that. Um, if we look at the LA Galaxy and our favorite skyscrapers uh, chart here, the LA Galaxy at this point, uh, both in 2021 and 2022, were, they were eight points better than they were right now. Um, so remember that as you could close this out, they were eight points better both times in 2021 and 2022, 21, they missed the playoffs the last day, the last play 2022, they finished fourth, right? There is, uh, there's still a lot to be made up in this. I'm not saying that they can, I'm not saying that they won't. Um, but there's a lot to be made up average points per game right now. LA galaxy have finished an average over their entire history. 1.49 points per game, almost 1.5 points per game, um, average, uh, when you look at it, 1.11 points right now for the LA Galaxy is their uh, their points per game. So not no bueno, as they say. Here's the big one for me. The LA Galaxy scored 58 goals in 2022. In 2023 right now, they have 35. We look at projected goals. that We expect them to score 44. Okay? So again, 35. We're expecting that they're going to get to 44, which means they're going to score nine more goals for the rest of the season. That's based on how many goals they score per game and projecting that out, right? So that changes the whole time. So 44. Let's look at 44 and see the last time the LA Galaxy scored only 44 goals or got less than 44 goals. Uh, in 2017, they had 45 goals for the entire season. Don't count 2020 because it was a shortened season. Uh, 45 goals in, in 2017. 44 goals in 2010. So the answer to that is you can have a, a supporter shield winning team. Uh, if you have the best defense in major league soccer, then you can only need to score 44 goals, uh, which is what happened that year, but got blasted out of the playoffs by Dallas. 36 goals in 2009, 38 goals in 2007, 37 goals in 2006. We're going way back into this lull where the LA galaxy didn't have it. But basically the LA galaxy have scored more than 44 goals in every season since 2010. Um, outside of 2020 again. That, to me, is the Galaxy's biggest downfall. But we can play it on the other side, too, Kevin. Let's play on the defensive side. We're projecting that the LA Galaxy are going to allow 56.7, let's say 57 goals. All right, so 57 goals on this one. Uh, goals conceded 57. 57 would put them right around, let's see, 2019 had 59 goals they allowed. 2018 had 64 goals. 2017 had 67. The Galaxy have been trending down, trending down, trending down. But this year... The defense, uh, especially, I think, with the injuries that they've had this year, that's what, in my mind, what sort of gets it because Greg has been ratcheting those down 54, 51. You were expecting that they were sort of going to be in that same one, but we're looking at 57 right now. Overall, these stats tell me, Kevin, not a great team. Uh, now a team that is sitting in September, um, winless in September, two draws and a loss. <laughs> And you're projecting a massive, massive goal differential, minus 13. Yeah, minus 13. They're minus 10 right now. Um, but that's that's what the that's what the goals per game is basically telling us, that this is where the LA Galaxy are going to finish. And by the way, uh, it always ends up finishing right at the number because they're all based off of 34 games. So whenever it gets to 34 games, it's going to be the number of whatever goals they gave up. It always equals out to a whole number at the end, unless it's 2020, uh, where we projected when they didn't play 34. Um, I know. I, everybody's like, wait a minute. We need to score more goals. That's what's wrong. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you need to score, and and you can it's you can see it across everything. That's that's the really sort of um, disappointing thing for the LA Galaxy is that the offense has been an issue. I think uh, since Chicharito got hurt, as far as I'm concerned. Um, Gary, by the way, says gave us a ten dollars super chat and says, "Do you guys think this can be a six point week? Both upcoming teams have some scary players. Do you think with all the injuries and back to back games, we can win the next two games?" Thanks again, guys. Um, yeah, I think the Galaxy can. I don't know that they will. That's another thing. I just said the Galaxy weren't very good, Kevin. 
they're mediocre in a mediocre conference. They can win. They can win out here for the rest of the season. I could see that happening too. Uh, I just need. It's going to hinge, I think, on Douglas Costa for me. Uh, Douglas Costa is going to be the answer to that um, for for me anyway. Well, once upon a time, Austin was really good at home. Yeah, yeah, and they just lost to uh, Portland uh, over the weekend. So what does that say? We don't know. It's it's one of those things. Um, can I here? I have some breaking news. You want some breaking news? Wow. It, Austin hasn't won in the last five games. Yeah, they're they're not they're not playing well. So that's why I mean the at home against Minnesota, which we're going to talk about here in a second, and then away to Austin. Yeah, there's a chance, Gary. Uh, this is this is where it becomes. This is where the rubber meets the road, though. This is it. This is where the Galaxy have to score get, score goals. They have to win games. They have to get points. And one point is okay. Three points. You need three points. Three points. We'll on see Wednesday. over under for like 110 degrees in Austin. Oh. um... I mean, it's you pretty warm the over there. Or the under there yeah. We've had a cooling trend out here, though. It started to die down. What's it? What's it, the weather? I'll have to ask Hammer, although he's in a different country compared to where Austin is up in Dallas. But um, we could we could figure that out. All right. Do you want breaking news? Who wants breaking news? Raise your hand if you want breaking yeah, news. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I know. Um, so uh, there's been there's been I want to say I don't want to say a lot of reports, but there's been some middling reports that Miami is is coming after Ricky Pooge, Right. I mean, have you seen this? Have you seen this guy? I have not. Oh, don't worry. It, it wasn't. These are really bad rumors, right? But I see all of them and I see the people in the discord like freaking out and stuff like that. So I did ask about it because I like to kill uh, BS rumors. So let's kill this rumor. Uh, there's three reasons we can kill this rumor. One is uh, that it doesn't look like the two teams have talked to each other at all. So if there was any plan for that, there it would be. It's they'd have to talk to each other. There is no talking to each other. Uh, could they approach him in the off season? Yes, they could. Um, I'm told that hasn't happened. Uh, I'm tr- I'm told that Ricky Pouge likes it in L.A. I have told you that I expect the L.A. Galaxy to pay Ricky Pouge and raise his salary this off season. That is my. Uh, perception of what is going down. That's not inside information or anything. The other thing that comes into this and the reason you don't have to worry about Ricky Pooj going, how do you make that work internally, Kevin? How much money would they have to give the LA Galaxy? Let's say they open up the transfer market like they've been talking about to have an actual internal transfer market you can trade for cash and stuff like that. How much money would Miami have to give the LA Galaxy? And then with to have Ricky Pooj, he's a, he's a DP on a no trade clause uh, contract. Uh, and he's secured right now for the LA Galaxy through 2026 because they have an option year after 2025. So the Galaxy have the rights to Ricky Pooge through 2026. How does any of that work? The answer is it doesn't. It doesn't make sense unless rules drastically change. Then we can talk about it. We can sort of see where it was going. But it does. That would be stupid. Ricky is worth way more money outside of the league than he is inside the league right now unless they open up sort of that cash trading. And then Miami is going to have to jump, jump, I don't know, dump 20, uh, 12, 15, $17 million for Ricky Pouge. There's zero chance that the Galaxy will let him go to Miami. What about if they gave, gave the Galaxy that messy guy? Yeah, yeah, that's what. Yeah, push for Messi. That's what other people say. Yeah, make it, make it happen. Make it straight up swap. Let's uh, let's do that. So anyway, I wanted well, to tell he, you. He, here's your answer. The weather on Saturday. It's Saturday in Austin, right? They play Saturday. Yeah. Let me let me check our schedule here, <clears throat> just to make sure. Uh, it is nine twenty four. Uh, and nine twenty four is Sunday. It's Sunday, isn't it? Yeah. It's it going to be in the mid nineties, and the humidity is going to be around sixty percent. They they kick off at. 7.30 or 8.30, I guess, East Coast time, because it's a 6.30 start. or it's uh, So that's an 8.30 kick time in Texas, because they're two hours ahead, right? 
Yes. Yeah, so they're kicking at 8.30, so it's going to be in the evening. So it'll be as good as it's going to be, right? Well, and Austin, by the way, has not won in its last one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. They're winless in their last seven. Six of those games ended in losses. Minnesota, on the other hand, has lost just one of their last six. Minnesota is two, one, and three in their last six. So uh, if you have to look for an advantage, the fact that Minnesota, the much hotter team, is coming into Carson and uh, the Galaxy are going to Austin, that would be how you were gonna you would draw it up if you had the chance to do that. They play the hotter team at home and the weaker team on the road. Yeah, and if so, you go, yeah, this could be a six could be a six point week. Yeah, and if you go into the Western Conference, Austin directly above the LA Galaxy, so a chance to jump them basically. Uh, the LA Galaxy have played one less game than Austin, right? The LA Galaxy get to play uh, Minnesota, who's at thirty seven points. They're seven points ahead of the LA Galaxy. They're going to get to they play Portland twice, right? That's who's at thirty six and has two has played two more games than the LA Galaxy. There are math scenarios that have the LA Galaxy climbing that ladder and getting into that position. I said I don't think the LA Galaxy will finish in 13th, even though they've inherited that position. I can't wait, Kevin. Will MLS, and it's always so hard to track this back because uh, the, a lot of times the standings tables don't let you go back by date, right? Like you want to go, where were the LA Galaxy on this date? Where were they on this date? Yeah. I want to know when it's they got hard to find out. I want to know when they got into 13th place and how long they've sat there unmoved if they finally climb out of 13th place because well, well, here's, that could come. Here's what, I, here's what I can tell you because I actually researched this. When they started this little streak, uh-huh. I think it was May 20-something. It was at the end of May. I think it was the penultimate game in May. When they won that game, they went into that game in 14th place. So they were in 14th place. They moved to 13th after that game. And to my recollection, they have not moved out of – because they were – they were pretty far behind. My <laughs> recollection is they have been in 13th place since the beginning of June. Yeah, it, it uh, very well be. Let's, uh, let's at least uh, mention this game as we sort of get you ready for it. LA Galaxy hosting Minnesota United on Wednesday, September 30th. This game scheduled for a 7.30 p.m. Key- TV time, 7.39 p.m. kickoff time. Uh, this game on Apple TV uh, and MLS season pass here at Dignity Health Sports Park. So that's where everybody will be. Uh, these uh, two matches, uh, in these matches the Galaxy have played, they are 6-4-2 and two against Minnesota. Um, the last time the LA Galaxy faced Minnesota earlier this year at Dignity Hill Sports Park. Kevin, uh, the LA Galaxy lost 3-2. Not surprising. Uh, and then you go back to 2022, 1-1 draw and 3-3 three, three draw in 2021. So uh, the LA Galaxy Minnesota have have played each other uh, interestingly whenever it has. Uh, this is And this is one of the stats. They say Minnesota United is unbeaten in its last four matches against the Galaxy. Win 2, draw 2, including the 3-2 road win in the last meeting between the sides in June. Uh, the Galaxy had gone unbeaten in its first eight matches against the Loons, uh, six to six wins and two draws, including the playoffs. Uh, the Galaxy are beaten in six straight regular season home matches, win three, draw three, after losing four of their previous six at home. LA hasn't had a longer regular season home unbeaten run in a single season since going nine straight without losing at Dignity Health Sports Park in June, September of 2018. That was win five, draw four. All right. Um, Let's see. One of my favorite ones, though, uh, is Billy Sharp, 37 years old, and Maya Yoshida, 35 years old, each scored for the Galaxy against LAFC on Saturday. The Galaxy have had 134 regular season goals scored by players at least 35 years old, 55 more than any other team in league history. Um, that the next person is 79. Um, that's Chicago Fire. That was that was mostly Zlatan Ibrahimovic, wasn't it? Yeah, that was a lot of Zlatan. <laughs> and, was, and, and Robbie Keane. And Robbie Keane. Yep, Robbie too. Keane maybe landed Donovan in there a, a couple times as well. So, uh, 
Yeah. So what's been? Well, no, actually, um, um, uh, Landon retired That's before right. he, he turned thirty-five. Yep. Yeah. Yep. What's Minnesota's goal differential, by the way? It's a it's a stout zero. Scored 34 and gave up 34. I mean, that's not bad. I mean, that's better than being minus 10, right? Uh, and stuck yep. in 13th place if you're the LA Galaxy. Uh, if you watch any of the games over the weekend, Kansas City beat Minnesota at home. Um, that was a pretty big upset in terms of where everything stood and uh, really uh, sort of gives the LA Galaxy their sights set on Minnesota. Uh, Kansas City is in front of the LA Galaxy as well, so interesting to watch. The LA Galaxy say they're also going to be winning their LA kit. Um so the L.A. kit, the green and the gold are back for this particular game. Just looking at Minnesota, we always have the uh, the ever infamous now for the L.A. Galaxy, uh, Reynoso. And, and Emmanuel Reynoso is the guy who's going to cause all the problems in this game. Um, he is just he's a terror against the L.A. Galaxy, always has been. The L.A. Galaxy midfield is going to have to try to figure out a way to contain him uh, without Gaston Brugman. Harder to do. Uh, quite honestly, I don't know that Surreal can step up, although I really like Edwin Surreal. I think I think he could be he could be, uh, you know, sort of the next starter over the years. So Surreal for me might be an option here just because you're going to have a really athletic Reynoso going up and he loves to just find spots and curl away from guys. So Raheem Edwards will be under pressure. I think Cuevas is going to be under pressure from Reynoso. Um, really interesting to see in Dane St. Clair in goal. Um, you know, they're, as you said, 34 goals, Kevin, is not is, is a pretty good defense uh, in terms of goals against right now so and if the galaxy get the six point week which would be really difficult and would be a great accomplishment but if they did that they're still not guaranteed to get into a playoff spot yeah they they could potentially jump three teams but depending on what portland does they may still trail trail portland on goal differential they may have the same points if portland doesn't win um but so that's kind of where the galaxy are i mean they could win two games they could jump three teams and still not be in the playoff spot yeah, ab- absolutely. I mean, you could be just sitting outside. Uh, Portland got the win over Austin. We talked about that. Uh, looking at other ones, Minnesota lost to Sporting Kansas City. Dallas won one with Seattle. That was uh, more or less a, a better move for the LA Galaxy there. Uh, games coming up this this Wednesday, so full game week on Wednesday or full match day going on. Uh, I'm looking for the West Coast games. Got to scroll down. Uh, Red Bulls and, and Austin. Uh, that's good. That means Austin, Kevin, is going to be in New York on Wednesday. They'll have to travel back to Austin. That's not a quick trip. That's a long trip to get all the way up to New York. So uh, they'll play Red Bulls. So that's good news for the LA Galaxy there. Houston and Vancouver will be one that you'll want to watch. You want to watch Sporting Kansas City and Nashville. Uh, Colorado Santa, don't care. Uh, Dallas and RSL is one to watch. Portland and San Jose is one to watch. So uh, keep your eyes peeled to some of these games that are coming up because they all have LA Galaxy ramifications. And for the most part, the guys on the bottom are pressing hard and some of the guys on the top are faltering a little bit right now, which means everybody's meeting in the middle. That's not what the LA Galaxy need, Kevin. The LA Galaxy need the teams at the top of the conference to win and beat the teams at the bottom. So that way the Galaxy can do the opposite, which is beat the teams that they're going up against to climb through those other ones. You know, the Galaxy Galaxy, I don't believe, have any interconference games left. Every, everything is in the Western Conference. They don't play any Eastern Conference teams because there are a number of teams ahead of them that do play Eastern Conference teams at least once. And and that's not a good thing to, for the Galaxy because you want those guys playing each other. So somebody loses points. But if Austin goes and plays you know, the Red Bulls, um, 
and and it's not it's not the kind of the double whammy that you get when you get two guys that you're chasing playing in one another because someone's going to lose points. Yeah, just again, the schedule as it goes right now is LA Galaxy hosting Minnesota, away to Austin, home to Portland, one of the two times they'll play Portland, away to Seattle, away to Minnesota. So the second game against Minnesota, that'll be game three against Minnesota. Um, and then you have LA Galaxy hosting RSL and LA Galaxy hosting Dallas to end the season. And remember there. that RSL game is the, the hurricane game. Yeah. Yes, that was the game that moved during the hurricane. It's the makeup, and it's during an international break. Um, so we'll see how the LA Galaxy, which affects that. the Galaxy, really not at all. Well, I mean, Kelvin Leardam, if he's if he's not there, that's a problem. Zavaleta, in terms of a backup at the center back, that could be a problem. It does and it doesn't. I know what you're saying. Like you're not seeing any starters that are probably going to go that way. But maybe Leardam establishes himself as a starter at right back over Cuevas because right now it's hit and miss with Cuevas. I think he'll get the start against Minnesota uh, because they'll want his athleticism against um, against Minnesota, who likes to sort of feed in from the wings and with Reynosa switching sides all the time it's gonna be difficult um but Leardam could easily establish himself as the as the starting right back before he goes into that international well, break what about what about sharp you know pairing up with harry kane there uh, for for england yeah maybe he'll get called up I, I don't i don't think so i think i think i think we'll, <laughs> we'll survive that but maybe uh, not okay but i do think that billy sharp is going to start and possibly for the rest of the season because I'm not seeing it from Jovalich. Um and that was that was very evident once again um, in this particular game. So that's what we got. Uh, game coming up against Minnesota uh, very very shortly on Wednesday. I should be at that game, barring anybody picking up COVID again in this household. Um, so I'll be out there on Wednesday night and to watch this game and then the Galaxy away to Austin on Sunday. So a lot to get through, a lot to talk about, a lot of fun. We'll have a game on Thursday that'll recap it all and get you ready for the weekend. Sounds pretty busy, Kevin. I'm glad you dressed up for this. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Well, are you going to send Eric to Austin for that game on the weekend? Yeah, I'm going to send him down. Um, but as in, Eric, you should go to that game, but I'm not paying you. And don't call me because I'm going to be busy tweeting the game. But other than that, Because yeah. it's an award-winning podcast now. we got to take this stuff seriously. We have to be at every game now. Oh, award-winning. Something like that. Yeah, we, we just need to spread our wings and fly a little bit. I, a little can, I can I tell you about my three-and-a-half-year-old? I wore, I wore this shirt this morning, and we were take, going to school, and he was kind of in a mood because he didn't want to go to school. So we're driving there, and he's like, he's like, Daddy, you wore that shirt on Friday. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, yeah, I did wear a black shirt on Friday. He's like, no, you wore that shirt on Friday. And I go, well, I go, Jake, I've reached an age now where I find that these V-necks are comfortable and I like the color black and it's almost like a work uniform. So I just bought five of them and I can wear them whenever I want. And sometimes I just wear them day after day because I don't care anymore. I'm done. That's it. So my kid was calling out my fashion choices while he was sitting there with like a picture of like a fish on his shirt. I don't understand how that works. I, I like fish. Great, great, great comment, Kevin. Way to way to close out the show on that one. All right, uh, if you're looking for Mister Kevin Baxter, oh no, I hit the wrong button. Oh no, oh no, there's it's it's all going crazy and wonky. You hit one wrong button, you panic, and you hit the other one. You, you got to hit the uh, pato and panda in the morning. We we nobody ever needs to hear that ever again. If you're looking for Mister Kevin Baxter on Twitter, it's at kbaxter11. Uh, head on over to LA Times for all of his soccer coverage. Please check him out, latimes.com. Uh, if you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at jgesman, jguesman, of course at Galaxy Podcast and at Galaxy podcast on threads corner of the galaxy.com youtube spotify apple Podcasts, any place you can find us we are there approaching 1100 shows very rapidly probably not by the end of this year but very rapidly maybe the galaxy make the playoffs maybe we hit 1100 shows lots of things are still left up in the air la galaxy minnesota on wednesday austin on sunday for mr kevin the panda baxter i'm josh pato guessman you've been listening you've been watching to corner of the galaxy from the box on corner of the galaxy.com have a great one everybody 
You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening, and we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody. <laughs>